What would it mean to you to create a life you love? My mission through Quiet the Hive is to ensure that the women I work with get to the end of days thinking, holy cow, what a ride, rather than if only I'd been brave enough to, or I wish I'd had the strength to. And so that's what we take further here on From Inside the Hive podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Every other week, you'll hear my own musings, things that I hope will inspire, challenge you, give you things to try out and things to channel. And those alternate weeks, I have an amazing guest who's going to share with you the story of their brave choice or something that can inspire you along with hints and tips for how you can think about creating a life you love. If you want more of this outside of the podcast, then why not sign up for The Compass, my four-week self-guided online course helping you reconnect with you. Head to quietthehive.thinkific.com. Or perhaps you'd like to take it further and get some one-to-one coaching with me, an award-winning mindset coach. I'd be delighted to spend time helping you create a life you love. Okay, on with the show. Well, hello there. It's so lovely to have you here for another episode. This one is with a guest and we've got a great conversation coming up all about using gardening as an analogy to really help you think about what you want to bring into your life in terms of change or growth. Um, It's a really fabulous way to think about it and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So without further ado, here it is. Hello, hello, and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. I am joined today by a lovely guest who also happens to be an ex-colleague, which is how I met her many, many moons ago, it feels like now. Um, But actually, this guest was one of the first people I approached in October 2020, I think it was, to do my real-life role models, because the first time I ever heard her speak, I was completely blown away by how genuine down to earth and her style of authentic leadership which really made me feel like a valued member of staff so I was really keen to hook her into my circle and I'm really glad that we haven't lost touch so without further ado I will welcome you to the head gardener it's Caroline Beardall hello Caroline how are you doing hello Jane you're very kind and thank you so much um, interestingly, I thought it was I that remembered you and was lucky to be on your podcast. So I feel very humble uh, to to be here. And I'm really, really delighted that that is actually what you felt and how you feel, because my job now, bizarrely mm. enough, is as a head gardener. Um, and it is to help people feel, I guess, how you felt. And I hope we'll continue to feel as we continue to work together. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been really nice watching you. So we we are taking sort of similar but very different paths in that we um, both have a long NHS career behind us, and of course mm-hmm. you went through the corporate world as well. Um, and then we have both left employment to go it alone on our own exciting ventures. And we were talking before we pressed record about how important it is for us to feel like we are making a difference and supporting other people to make their difference, whatever that feels like to them. So before we get deep into that, tell us a little bit about who you are and what lights you up. Right. Well, I think the first thing is that people look after people Mm -hmm. and organisations can't because they're not actually alive. They Mm -hmm. are structures. And so therefore, I think there are a number of um, uh, special individuals who step out into the world as themselves. Actually, it's quite a vulnerable thing to do, but it's also a really strong thing to do, to actually say, I can help touch a number of people to help them grow even more than they would just by putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. So the thing that lights me up, and it's true of when I started my life as a nurse, you know, I wanted to improve people's lives. Um, Along came uh, improving working lives um, thousands of years ago in the NHS. And I thought, oh yes, that's, that's me. I do that. But it was a, it wasn't quite 
what I do. And, you know, along comes a number of corporate or organizational headlines. And it's almost a real thing, but it's not quite. And one of the things that I really want to get at with being a head gardener is actually seeing something wonderful happen for other people as they lead departments or teams or other people. And whether it's the coaching shift that I help with, or whether it's by people learning how to access their own brilliance um, and grow, yeah. I, I don't mind. This is, for me, the head gardener is not about me. It's about everybody else. And just thinking about that, if you go to any garden, if you have a garden, um, you know, some days you step out and think, what a mess. <laughs> some, and some days you think, wow, that's beautiful. Or, you know, an incredible scent or, you know, people go to gardens to feel good. Well, uh, our heads are a garden. They really are. And it's a question of accessing and nurturing and doing some hard landscaping uh, and doing some tough stuff that actually makes me, it brings joy to me, which helps me bring joy to others. And it's not a nice to have, it's not a vanity project. It's about, I don't know whether it's called kick-ass with kindness, but it's something like that, where actually- It, it works. You know, it works. Um, it's about actually using um, that which works already. Nature does what it does. So why do we not learn from it and lead and care for others by mm. using those lessons? And when we do, that's what makes me smile. And that's what lights me up, I guess. I like it. And I have to ask you, um, so the head gardener is just such a brilliant name. And I know that when you started teasing it on LinkedIn, I was thinking, oh my God, she's going into horticulture. That's very exciting. <laughs> Um, do you love gardening as well in terms of the traditional sense? Because I have to ask you the question. Are you a gardener? Um, no, not really. <laughs> um, but no, my husband is the uh, is the gardener in our uh, relationship uh, and he's very good and he has green fingers. Um, and so we'll let him do that bit. Um, okay. And I'll do the head bit because actually that's the bit I'm really good at. <laughs> so, yeah, I see the analogy. And when I was thinking about, you know, you, you need to have some kind of something that connects with people to kind of, I can't, I didn't want to say, oh, I'm Caroline Beard or pick me. I'm amazing. I can help you. Because I just think that's, a, a, it's a terribly arrogant thing to say. And B, actually, I can do an enormous amount of different things. And the thing for me about being a head gardener is whatever your whatever any listener is thinking or you're thinking of any garden it will be different to the next person yeah for sure and that's because we are different to everybody else we have similarities you know let's say let's say we have a productive garden let's say we grow vegetables and you know one day um uh, one day I'm sure my husband will produce vegetables um <laughs> Currently, we've had a glut of tomatoes, so we're we're, we're doing well. But um, but actually, you know, in the way that that some productive gardens produce, let's say, vegetables that that can sustain you and and give you nutrition. Actually, you know, what is it that sustains you and gives you nutrition in your professional life? Mm. How is that different? And the answer is, it's not different. There's a season for everything. There is a time and a place. There is, you know, the the frost comes and bites your blooming small plants and and you know things happen in the workplace um you know weeds come and strangle you and you have some you know uncaring or thoughtless individual that just tramples over your careful idea of how to make an improvement yeah. let's say in a care pathway or in a you know hospitality industry or whatever your sector and actually it's the same amount of care which creates growth it's just that you can see it and measure it in a really obvious way in the garden, whereas the metrics we use for measuring people are often how much money did they make, how much, how many widgets did they sell, how much, you know, whatever. And there is a, a kind of staff satisfaction score and engagement, and that's all good around culture. But some of that is about 
helping individuals and teams simply to grow and blossom whatever the weather it's the difference isn't it between the traditional version of success and the traditional sort of definition of what success mm. is which is financial measures or time measures or whatever it might be mm. Actually, equating it to a garden is a really lovely way to do it because what I find rewarding in the garden will be very different from another person will be different from you or your husband for example exactly Um, and that's really lovely because actually there's that intrinsic reward from just being in the garden from either being outside or being surrounded by hundreds of blousy flowers or whatever it is that or it might be a manicured lawn or it might you know whatever really floats your boat exactly but it's very it's got a different emotional feel than a traditional success measure which is why I love the analogy you've chosen around that gardening relationship and that head gardening it's brilliant thank you I mean sometimes you can just leave it alone (laughs) that's okay too you know there are times when we don't have to stress ourselves to to go to the next level of whatever our qualifications are or you know I must get on and do more development that doesn't feel very strength-based or developmental to me it feels like you know pushing yourself to the next uh, limit now that's fine sometimes yeah but sometimes just to be is beautiful in itself and makes a contribution so that guess what others can grow yeah and there are, that's why I say there is a season for all these things. And the, and the analogy can be drawn in, in any which way um, in terms of how people choose to use it. But it is anchored in professional leadership and business or, you know, however you want to describe that, um, that professional workspace. Um, but it's got this underpinning, which you don't need to learn because pretty much everybody knows what a garden is yeah and therefore if you know what one is well you just need to apply the rules and and that's it you can picture your own version of it as well can't you that's what when you say garden what pops into your head will be different than what pops into my head or one of the living heads or whatever it might be I mean going going right back so I want to talk to you about the model that you've created to help mm. you think about that. But before we do, I want to talk to you about your own journey and what you've learned along the way that's helped you with this. Because if you think about, you know, your your career, it started with nursing, right? Mm, yeah. And, and now yeah. you're in a very different space. Although I imagine that the values that you hold dear are still very applicable throughout that journey. Because when I, you know, when I knew you, you went in nursing you were in leadership you know very senior yeah. leadership in the NHS but you were still all about people and about supporting mm. people so talk yeah. to us a little bit about your own journey and, and what lessons you've learned along the way between nursing and the head gardener uh yeah I, thank you I think it's quite complicated and I think everybody's life is probably quite complicated um I think probably I've had lots of jobs and career and focus and all that. And and you, you caught me on one of them, as you say, as a senior <laughs> leader um, uh, uh, on, on one of those. But I think, I think probably um, I'm now in the space where I am my best self. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I've always been able to say that. I've probably always shown up and being a high functioning individual. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I've always been in the right place doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, And I think that if I think about why I've chosen certain opportunities, um, they've not always been for the best reasons. They've been for the reasons that were right at the time. Mm -hmm. Now that could be um, because it was exciting or because it was a challenge or because I, thought I couldn't do it and therefore I wanted to prove that I could or you know I mean just completely sort of um uh, upside down reasons as well as this is the next step this is my job I'm going for it yeah um I think underpinning all of the professional success and uh I think I have been successful um and I hope to continue to be but I think that behind all that actually has been the me factor. I married very late. Um, so I was 40 when I got married. 
And I think I have in my previous uh, relationships and life, I think I probably trusted too easily and given too much too quickly mm. and have had a real advantage taken of me. Um, uh, I think too often. And I think there comes a point where you go, okay, I'm done with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with, I can see it. I can see it coming a mile away now. Um, and I think that that sort of um, lesson along the way of, you know, if it feels sus, you know, suspect, it probably is. Um, if it feels too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. You know, there are people who will help you along the way, but usually only in the moment. Yeah. They then fade away when the difficult times come. And usually it's not malicious. Usually it's about their own insecurity rather than, you know, um, any kind of, you know, trying to do you down or whatever or do me down. And I think that the, I knew that I've always known there's got to be more than what I'm doing. There had to be more than than what I was doing. And I, whether that's been personal or professional, mm-hmm. I think those two have now come together where, you know, I have waited and strived at the same time, which are interesting bedfellows <laughs> to try, try yeah, and be patient and, yeah. and push forward all at the same time. Yeah. Which is, it's quite tricky. There's quite a tension there. But having the faith that it will come good, it will come good, is something that I now believe to be true. But this is the whole thing about living life forward and understanding it backwards. You know, mm. it, it, there are people out there who who have been told they'll never amount to anything. And that's not fair, because how can anybody know that? Um, I was always, you know, I had the privilege, and I believe it to be a privilege, that I was told I could do anything. Mm. I'd have to work really hard. I'd have to give up stuff. I'd have to do whatever. But I could do anything. And so it's never occurred to me that I can't. But I do realise that that's a privilege. Um and and so I guess when you sort of say the things along the way, it comes through adversity, it comes through peculiarity, um, and it comes through both making luck and opportunities and working damn hard yeah, and never giving up, I guess. It's really interesting what you say about, it feels to me like you have developed and nurtured a sort of built-in bullshit radar now where... Yes. Actually, you are very aware and attuned to different people and and what that relationship might be at the at that time. There's mm. something really important for me that because that links to something I speak a lot about, which is about trusting yourself and mm. making brave choices, but trusting yourself and trusting that doing that helps you to follow your joy. So it's really interesting yeah. that you said that although you've had I I. I, I'm going to use the word, you can tell me if it's not quite right, but it feels like you've had a successful career. You know, you've you've done exciting and wonderful yeah. things. You've, you've made impact. You've had, you, sorry, you've had impact and made difference as you've gone. Mm. But it's really interesting to recognize that it's only now, or at least now is a time when you feel like you're in the right place. It hasn't always felt, even though you're working hard and you're making a contribution, it hasn't always felt like the right place to be. Yeah. That's it's it exactly. That you are there now. Yeah. And how and and how unfair it is that, you know, other people seem to have, you know, I'm not gonna say all the luck, but you know, seem to be sort of the thinnest or the richest or the get the bestest job or the first pick or the whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it's it's because I haven't always been happy. Yeah. And I, and I am happy now. I am doing my best self. And it, it's really funny. I think it is about trust and about just having such a such a radar for it when I, when I know something's false. Sometimes I play the game and it's fine and it doesn't matter, but it doesn't take its toll on me like it used to. Yeah. You know, it doesn't damage me because yeah. I think, oh, yes, oh, yes, I see. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I know what to expect from this. It's okay. Oh, yes, I've got I've got this one. And it's the sort of givers 
and takers and give you know givers lovely great um i i'm not always a giver i'd like to be one but i, I you know i accept that sometimes i'm not yeah. um takers you know what you're dealing with that's fine the ones i really struggle with are the takers who pretend they're givers yes yeah. i really struggle i really struggle with those people because i don't do that to me i don't i you know i did not come down in the last shower and <laughs> you know i will not put up with this <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, don't treat me like a fool because i'm really i'm not um so that's it's but it's i think any person whether it's um the work that you do the work that i do someone leading a uh, an organization they bring all of their history the good and the bad with them mm. and i think uh i'm okay with mine now um you know and somebody said to me the other day um thank you to do with something i was concerned about them and i challenged them on something and they said um thank you for your concern i i really appreciate it i do trust you and what's really funny is what came out of my mouth was yes good i trust me too yeah now that's really interesting because you would expect me to do that no i trust you oh no i trust you you know that whole kind of back and forth kind of reinforcement but i thought no you have to know your right to trust me it's really, because I will look after you. It's really interesting. It, 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 so you said earlier about, um, you know, how we, we always we, we often think oh, we're not we're not enough of something. So we're mm. talented enough or pretty enough or young enough yeah. or skilled enough or whatever it might be. And you were saying that actually that you feel happy at the moment and mm. I when you when you're able to find your joy and center in your joy or your happiness or whatever it is you don't make those comparisons that lead you to say oh I'm not this I'm not that I'm not the mm. other. that's yeah. not to say that when you're in the right space when you're happy when you're joyful you you never do that I mean before we pressed record we were talking about the fact that we've both had wobbles related to various yeah. things recently which can be something to do with comparison you know when you see other people achieving things or yeah. doing things or being things and you think why is that not me but actually when you're really centered in your happiness and you are able to really appreciate what's what's there for you it makes it easier not to compare because you are in your own lane so you're yeah. not worrying as much about what's happening for other people in a way that distracts from what you yeah. want to do and achieve absolutely I, I also think that happiness is not a right mm-hmm and I wonder whether I'm going to get to one of those <laughs> stages when I say, oh, it's so easy now for the young. I don't think it is. I think it's awful, actually. But uh, I, I think that there is something about it's not a right. It's something well fought for. And for some people, I guess they don't have to fight. They just skim along the surface and that works for them. And that's tickety-boo. Um, suddenly one of those um, keep getting these these sort of you know things all these quotes always keep coming to mind I have quite a visual person I remember quite a lot of, um, of, of poems and that sort of thing but it just it suddenly what came to mind was one of those um, do you remember in the Dead Poets Society you know I wanted to uh, to live deliberately so that when I came to die you know I, I did not think that I had not lived you know this is for me there's so much richness in yeah. being alive yeah. And thinking, you know, there are some people who are alive today who will not be alive tomorrow. Yeah. Their journey will be over. And there is another birth and the whole new life begins again. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity as a human race, every race, every being has a contribution to make for themselves for a responsibility to themselves to those around them and then to those who are to come and I don't even have children I have a stepdaughter mm-hmm. um and I for lots of reasons don't have um any children but that is something that I still see legacy and continuation as a as something that I can contribute to in a really positive way and do you think um, choose then what our legacy can be what our contribution can be uh, so do I yes and no <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes I do and I'll tell you for what so yes I think we can because we choose 
where we put our effort and where we get our um you know our our kind of feedback from whether it's our own personal satisfaction or our financial support or whatever it is um so yes i think we can um but i also think that there is a a guide mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter to me whether you think that's the universe or you have a faith in a religion or a spiritual position or whatever yeah. um i think the the legacy you see true legacy for me is about continuing to live on in all the lives you've touched yeah that that for me is legacy now some uh it's a religion but i may not get this right um there's some group that say you stay alive until the last person says your name out loud Mm -hmm. so after you've gone and people talk about you and they keep talking about you and somebody says i knew this person once and they were called whatever um then you remain continuous until the last person says your name and i think it's something like that it's to do with every life you touch is slightly different because of what you have or haven't done now all of this um it sounds a little bit esoteric uh, at the moment but all of this is actually for me all about this right brain work and this whole kind of design and neuroscience and the bits of that are not the logical rational factual kind of stuff yeah it's all that other stuff and um whether it's um the different parts of the brain of course I'm now the listeners will love this I'm now putting my hands to my brain which of course they can't <laughs> see showing up a brain it's all good <laughs> but, but whether it's the limbic system or whether it's um you know in the in the kind of the the, the right hand sort of cortex or wherever it happens to be and there's masses of science about this. When you can visualize something or when you have a uh, a, a sensory trigger, yeah. it, it brings up the thing that was the initial trigger. So for example, um, you know, a scent. Sometimes people wear a, a, a perfume or there's a scent in a garden or whatever. And you think, oh, that reminds me of, and yeah. instantly that person comes to mind or a moment in your life or whatever it was. So there's, there's, a, there's a reason for that. And it's, it's chemical. It's not, it's not fluffy and nonsense. It's, it's a, there's a reason. Yeah. Um, and in all of these things, when we use our right brain as animals and, you know, obviously, Sort of grown-up animals, as I call us, because you know <laughs> we we do have choice. We do have um, ability to to do things at the sort of top of the food chain. Um, some good, some bad. But if we can visualize what we are going to create, we've got a much much better chance of achieving. Yeah. So, so is that if, how can this... you choose your legacy? Yeah. Well, it, 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 if you can, it's. Not quite if you build it, they will come, but it's 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 somewhere in that space. Um and I'll take you, if I may, just to, to show you in the in the yeah, um, do, do. in the model. So in the eight-stage model, which is based on garden design, it's you, you and know, and model is kind of the fundamental crux of yeah. head gardener work, isn't it? And Absolutely. You've, you've written this wonderful the beginner's guidebook that talks people I through have. how to use it. So we'll make sure all the links to that are in the show notes as well. Thank um, you. Um yeah, and people can can just go petal by petal if you like. The one thing about, of course, don't forget. Imagine a flower, any flower you like. Mm-hmm. If there were only eight petals, then it'll be very pretty and very nice and very simple. But if you were to pick another flower which has eight petals, but it's also got a bunch of other petals, like a peony, that's what immediately popped into. Go my- for peony. That'll do. Nice and blousy and whatever. Exactly. Right. You can you can have all that other noise and all that other contribution, but you've still got the eight petals where you actually take these steps and you can make a change in yourself or your team or whatever um, yeah. it is that you are addressing. So with the eight petal model, mm-hmm. you can use it to plan your next step at work, for example. Yeah. And I'm doing a, a webinar for some directors of finance, um, female directors of, of finance about their next step about using this and actually being able to to visualize um wh- what does that look like even 
you know yeah. and it starts with okay you know not that I can draw either I can't garden and I can't draw but <laughs> if you could visualize the garden that you want to create that is your perfect garden your life you know and then get into okay so what does my garden look like now and it can be a bit of a mess as I said initially or it can be reasonably orderly but it just needs expanding or growing or um, or you've grown out of what you've got and you need to you want to do something different you've excuse me you follow those steps and what it does is it takes you through the visualization then through what have I got through okay what do I need and often that's friends or people who will help you when you don't have the skill or whatever or the tools that resources you need and then you have to create some basic shapes you know if you were going to create a garden you need to know if it's a you know a long border or if it's a load of boxes don't you it doesn't matter but you just got to make a choice what does it look like are they connected or not um and it's the same for thinking about well what kind of organization do i want to work for or do i want my own or what what are the basic kind of boundaries here before you prepare the ground and actually do the do the digging to go right i need to get a qualification in this and i need to get a somebody who'll open the door for me there or or whatever it is mm. to then get into planting seeds and then watering and giving them nutrients and sunshine Bef- i mean this is this is a whole process and you can't go out the next morning and shout at them because they haven't grown i mean we just don't do that yeah. and yet we we appoint someone into a role and then go why aren't they performing it's like yeah. w- what hello i think we were supposed to be employing them for their potential to grow yeah which how does that how is that congruent yeah. so, so you go through this kind of planting the seeds the the watering the nutrients um, and then there's the sort of um, the sunshine and, and all that kind of stuff. But actually, you have to also prune and maintain. Mm-hmm. So there are bits that either no longer serve you, cut them off, let them go. You know, that's they no longer serve you. You are carrying around dead wood. Yeah. Get rid of it, ready for the next season and the next spurt of growth. Yeah. You know, these are all people will go, oh, yeah, I, I could do with just seeing that off. Do it. I tell you what, the chances of it adding value to your life are nil. The chances of it actually helping in your next spurt, nil. Get rid of it. And actually being able to to be free to grow more. Yeah. I love that analogy. I think that's really helpful for people because when you think about pruning in the garden, you're you're not you're not cutting off bits for the sake of it. You're cutting off bits so that you're encouraging new growth, so that you're allowing new shoots to come through, so that actually the plant can grow in different directions and doesn't just become leggy heading in one way. It sort of allows it to grow and develop and mature. And and we we sometimes, I think, we we cling on to things because we, we feel that they served a purpose at one point, so it's ungrateful to let them go, um or you know but we're not the same person we were then brilliant that's the purpose thank it let it go and move on to the next thing so I think it's a helpful analogy to think of it in that way and whether it's a person and the reason I wrote this this beginner's guide it's cultivating success in individuals teams and in businesses or organizations and the reason it, it is all three is that it doesn't matter whether it's your professional life, although that is what it's written for as an individual. You know, it might be tackling a difficult relationship. I mean, really, if, if truth be told, you could use exactly the same process to to kind of tackle the or confront, you know, a negative colleague or member of the family or whatever. Um, I, I am not a counsellor. I am not a therapist. You know, I am a highly professional individual and I do not wish to do therapy partly because I wouldn't be any good at it. Um, but but therefore I must do what I am best at and leave others who are best at their things to do that. Yeah. Um, but actually you can use it in the moment. Okay, you know, which bit do I need to just let go of? Or what what is the water that I need now? Yeah, so it that may not be what I need. Needed. question, yeah. You know, what is it that I need? Who can I ask to help me with this? You know, there's nothing wrong with wearing a pair of gardening gloves when you're doing big, difficult work yeah why damage yourself yeah it's 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 whatever you think 
Um, and even in teams, the thing I the the the, the reason I talk about teams is because um, I do think that uh, that teams sometimes have a difficulty in an easy language to share ideas. Yeah. Um, because some people are well versed in team coaching, some people are well versed in a particular methodology. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody and nobody is well versed in the garden. Mm-hmm. They know what it is. You can look it up on Google and describe what a garden looks like, or just out of your head. And therefore, you have a natural language which we can all use to then begin to learn how to sort of remove the scary personal stuff yeah. or getting it wrong or saying the wrong language or whatever. Yeah. And actually saying, well, it feels to me a bit like a sort of thorny rose bush, if I'm really honest. Okay, so beautiful, but with some spiky bits. You know, and you don't need to know anything about gardening, honestly. Yeah. It's, you just need to be able to know what a garden is. Um, and therefore the growth factor, the underpinning, I guess, of all coaching, well, not all coaching, but John Whitmore's work on grow has always sort of made me smile because, yes, OK, it's a it's a useful uh, acronym. But actually, um, it's. It's about the actual growing, not just the goal and the results and the you know output and the will to do it. It's the thing. And we grow all the time as human beings yeah even growing towards our end yeah you know and that's the bit that that the garden just is there for and i'm not going to get too theological on you but of course the christians um do believe that you know the garden of eden and all that kind of tree of knowledge and adam and eve and whatever um it all began in their garden now whether you believe that or not doesn't matter but 2.4 2.4 billion people seem to. So I guess you know, there must be something in it. But there is something about all, and in my book, I do talk about uh, about 10 different religions, actually, who all look to nature and a garden. Yeah. Not just some mad forest or some kind of crazy mountain range, which have its which has its uses to think about, you know, summiting peaks and all that. But the garden is something we as natural beings, you know, we re- we come from the earth and we return to the earth, mm. and that's that's part of who we are. Therefore, why don't why do we not use it in our lives to grow and be more successful? It's a, it's and a that- really great analogy to help people talk and think about it. I mean, so I can absolutely see how that shared language is really helpful as a team or mm. in an organisation to begin to talk about things in a in a thorny issues if you will in a slightly less passionate and personalized way in a way that makes it easier to bring up I mean Mm. for people who are listening to this now thinking you know we're we're recording this fairly early in the new year by the time it goes out it'll still be you know in in winter time and people start to think about change what they want to do differently and they may have reflected over the festive period around what does 2024 look like for them? How could they use this eight petal model to begin to think about what they want their garden to look like and where they need to focus the work in their garden? I, I think it's absolutely um, by planting the seed, dare I say it, not to, to kind of talk to this particular um, analogy, but actually by thinking, ah, oh, right, what am I going to do with this year? When is it right to stay and when is it right to go? I do some coaching packages around um, thriving in transition and uh, it's called Blooming Beyond Goodbye. Um, and it's it's a, it's a sort of an opportunity if you are thinking of moving on or, um, or if your organisation is thinking that you are moving on, depending on <laughs> how, how that comes about. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so it can be... We, can use it in that um in terms of maybe taking on a new challenge um there's something about um uh, seeding and seeing success uh, and actually what does that take what are you trying to achieve in the first you know 100 days and and, and all the rest of it so some of it is very sort of linear mm. but the thing about the head gardener is that it doesn't matter which petal you need to go to or you want to start with. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to start at the beginning with, right, I've got a challenge. 
company to pick up this book and do the eight petals. You don't. You go, right, I, you know, I need to let go of something. The conversation we just had about pruning. Yeah. That there you are. Then then go to petal eight in the book and find out how to do it and then do it. Yeah. You know, it's sort of um, I mean, you obviously I'm coach, I'm available for um for, for coaching um relationships with people. Um but it's also something about how do you galvanize people around a uh, uh, a common goal mm. and if it's that you know you have a team that you don't know what to do with this year or if it's you know something that you're trying to move move the dial whether it's around culture or behaviors or productivity or you know even thinking about undertaking a merger or group model or you know or, or even cutting it in half yeah. And and just, you know, these are, it's all about change and the neuroscience of change. It's all about the um, the communication through something which in truth we already know. Yeah. And my area of expertise is to guide and support and walk with the person whose garden it is. It's not my garden. Yeah. It's not my journey. You're just being shown around that garden. You're, you're I'm just, the National Trust visitor, Caroline. I am. The, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Or the, the RHS, the Royal Horticultural Society. That sounds ghastly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am the person that says, oh, that's lovely. What's that? Yeah. And, it, you know, people go, oh, well, it's just a sort of, uh, it's just a little skill I've got. No, no, it's beautiful. Could you do more of that? Well, I'd love to, but, you know, no well why not you know I am that um I suppose the the I have this unconditional positive regard like a coach should mm. um I mean I can and do you know do service reviews and and come up with a new OD programs and you know do training on on the head gardener I mean I there is a training day you can do so that I can teach you as a as an organization to go and implement it in your own organization um but it's actually about saying, where does my journey need that support more than just picking up the book and understanding what it is? Yeah. And if people think, I I think I need to explore this further, then I'm absolutely sure that you do. Yeah, <laughs> because... well, apart from that, the case, isn't it? if you feel like you need to go deeper into something, you probably do. And what I love about the model is it gives you very forgive me using the word but really basic ways to start which I think is yeah. what people need is something yeah. simple to help them start yeah. to then dig yeah. deeper because if you start with the really big questions it feels too scary but yeah. whereas actually if you say well what kind of garden do you want what is the pruning you need to do where yeah. can you get that help what's the the nutrition that your soil needs what's the watering your plants yeah. need all yeah. of those things how do you prepare yeah. to grow your garden how do you get ready to plant all of those really um insightful but seemingly simple questions are yeah. such a good place for people to start I think when they're thinking about making a change or a shift or they want to put a spotlight on a particular part of their garden okay well mm. think about it from this perspective what does that yeah. part of the garden need what does it need to get rid of what's the soil like how yeah. do you all of that stuff, I think, is... Yeah, well, and, and there's two things that I think are very important there. One is you talked about the fact that it is still winter time. Mm. You know, the garden just doesn't just disappear and then come back and be beautiful in spring and summer. Yeah. Okay, it just doesn't. Winter is a great time for rest and restoration. It's a great time for rejuvenation. Yeah. It's a great time for the dying back of some of the stuff and sloughing it off that you don't need. Yeah. So setting new resolutions, having new plans, all that stuff. But don't forget what goes on underneath the soil because mm -hmm. an enormous amount, you know, all this whole thing about, you know, what are they called? Uh, uh, snowdrops don't come up unless there's a frost. Okay, yeah. they just don't. Um, and it's to do with whatever it is that, that frost does to the bulbs. Couldn't tell you. No idea. Important it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't matter. My point is it doesn't matter. We just know that it works and it's true. Yeah. Well, sometimes, although the science is there, it doesn't matter if you don't know what it is, but it does matter if you believe that to be true and then don't apply it. Absolutely. That, I think, is careless. <laughs> so, frankly, the other thing is that whilst this is a straightforward and simple model, it is absolutely C-suite level material. Yeah. 
to lead people through anybody, any level, because in in the um, requirements and the responsibilities of being a really senior leader with multi-million pound responsibilities, you still need to get up in the morning and actually have that right attitude, resilience, support, all those other things, because you are a human being. And we go right back to the beginning about actually people look after people. And that includes looking after yourself. Yeah. And that is why whenever I hear your work in Quiet the Hive, I know that it comes from that place where to live the life you love for that joy, that is the whole purpose of actually you doing the work you do and me responding in a yes, this is because people look after people. Exactly. I love that. It, it helps them grow. It comes full circle, just like the seasons in the garden, Caroline. There you are. There you have it. Yep. We, we are flying through time, which I always just, oh my goodness, it always goes so quickly. But one question I do want to ask you before we wrap up, which is the question I always ask all my guests. Yikes. What advice would you give your 21-year-old self? Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I don't think I liked myself very much when I was 21. I don't think that's probably un unusual either. Mm -hmm. um, I think I didn't feel I fitted in. And so um, I think I've probably done all right <laughs> uh, somewhere along the way. Maybe, um, maybe I would say it doesn't always have to be you. Expand. So um, I think probably um, <laughs> my mum used to say to me, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And uh, <laughs> I think she meant that in a sort of, could you not do certain things, please, sort <laughs> of a way. But I also think that I think there have been times when I've been a little bit of a rescuer mm. and I've, and I've, always been the one to step forward and I've always been the one to lead the way and I've always been the one to kind of go first so that others feel oh slightly more protected by not being exposed to be first or whatever it is that doesn't mean I've been first in the class or first best it doesn't mean that's not first yeah no it I just like means that. um perhaps I don't didn't if I was if I could now talk to my 21 self um <laughs> I think there's two things. One is that. One is very much the just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and, and the other is um, if you're really getting nothing back and it's starting to damage you, walk away because it is only your own self giving others power. Yeah. And I think that I have fallen foul of that a couple of times one very very dangerously and damagingly and the other less so um they can both frankly they're both meaningless now <laughs> but you know and, and irrelevant um but that's because I've worked jolly hard at it um so I think there is something about not making up for other people's inadequacies but yeah. that doesn't mean I'm not kind it just means I'm not stupid. And I think I have, I've been too, too giving sometimes at my own expense. And I would ask myself to think twice if I were 21 again. Um, and I might make the same foolish errors because it would make me who I am today, wouldn't it? So, you know. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I just think, you know, I've got to where I've got to because of and in spite of all the things I didn't listen to as well as all the things I did listen to. Oh, that's a really valid point, Caroline. <laughs> if we could change it, we might not end up being the people we were. But those are great pieces of advice. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. If people are listening to this and they want to read the book or work with you or get you in to work with their teams, where do they find you? How do they make contact? Well, I have a website. Um, www.theheadgardener.uk it's straightforward um, and yeah do put it in the 
the show notes and what have you. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I do a Monday Matters every Monday. Um, and the book I wrote on Monday Matters actually is um, two thirds is exclusively in the book rather than uh, on LinkedIn, because I think it's rude to ask people to pay for things you've already given them free. <laughs> um, so I don't. So I, <laughs> I just put in the work and make it happen. Um, so um, so do go to my website, do go to LinkedIn um, and you can book time with me or just drop me an email um, from there. So um, theheadgardener.uk. Brilliant. We'll make sure all of those details are in the show notes so people can easily click on them and reach out to you. Caroline, I just want to say thank you so much for giving so generously of your time. Um, I am so pleased that I was sat in that presentation that you did all those years ago. I'm so grateful that we stayed in touch and I'm also so glad that you thought you were the one who had uh, got you know been following me and I was the one I thought I was following you so it's all good we can start the mutual fan club but I really appreciate your time Caroline thank you for giving of it so generously today thank you so much So what did you think? Are you willing to go away and try out some of those questions for yourself? I wonder if you are. Caroline's book is really worth a read. It's incredibly accessible. And like you said, it is simple, but a really effective way to get into deeper issues. You can ask yourself what kind of garden it is that you want to grow, what you have already, what help you might need to get there. And then thinking about preparing for that, including planting and how to water and give your garden nutrients. Those are all some of the chapters and some of the petals that Caroline referred to. Of course, if you want to hear more about how to build your physical garden rather than your head garden, um, you could go back and listen to the episode with Kendall Platt, which is a wonderful one, inspiring you to go out there and create your actual garden. If you want to hear more from Caroline, then please do check out the show notes and you can contact her there she really is a wealth of information i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time if you enjoyed this podcast from inside the hive by quiet the hive then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below we'd love to hear your thoughts any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much.